0: You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. And today I'm doing an interview with my dear brother. His name is Dr. Brandon Kramer, and he is a therapist and he helps men, he helps women. And he is going to talk about his experience today, specifically in talking to men. I, I wanted to have him on here. I did have him on a program before my program called The Fearless Formula. And he was in one of the videos there where we talked about social anxiety, but I never had him on the podcast. And we finally made it happen. So we're talking about this idea of coaching versus therapy, not in the sense of what's better, but really in the first thing you're going to hear that I say. When the interview starts, is that coaching and therapy? So, meaning coaching, like dating coaching, what I do, and going to therapy are great complements to each other. They work alongside each other very well in terms of helping you with some of your deeper rooted issues, any issues with women, anxiety, and all those good things. So, we have a nice conversation. We go over some examples of some guys, like I said, that he works with, and we even break down some stuff that's is really interesting in terms of. Emotions and fight or flight and your logical brain versus your emotional brain really all stuff that I think is going to be interesting to you, but also very helpful. As you know, if you do want to do coaching with me, you can go to coachedbytrip.com and you can apply and we can work together and we can help you with some of the more practical steps and making sure that you know how to approach women and getting over the fear of approaching women. And of course, talking to women and understanding some of the practical steps with attraction. But if you want therapy, that's a whole different ballgame, which you are again going to learn today what that is like if you are not in therapy. so Let's dive in right now. Here's my interview with my brother. We share some laughs. It's fun to interview him because I'm always interviewing lots of people that I don't get to see face to face. It's usually, well, let's just say probably all of them have been virtual, but finally got to actually sit down with someone and who better than a family member who Knows what he's talking about. So here is my interview with Dr. Kramer. All right, I'm sitting here with my dear brother, Dr. Brandon Kramer. It is kind of funny to call you a doctor, but that's what I have to call you because that's what you are. True. And it's uh, that, I mean, that's what I do. It's that's what I do when I have other doctors on the podcast. If you were on another podcast, would you tell them that you'd like to be introduced as Doctor Kramer? I would say, excuse me, it's it's Doctor. You would, yeah, you. Would I don't think
1: that. I would be on an, on a podcast at all if it weren't for. I don't know what kind of podcast would I be on where I wasn't being introduced
0: as Doctor. That's true. I guess I'm just bringing this up because you're my brother, and <laughs> so to right? call you a doctor just doesn't feel, anyways. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to have you here on the podcast. Yeah to talk about your experience in therapy i Mm -hmm. work with a lot of clients and i tell them that one of the best compliments that they can do when they're doing coaching with me Mm -hmm. is also do therapy because there's a lot of stuff that comes up that's very related i'm sure that's not a surprise to you right it's like i'm working with guys a lot of their fears anxieties come out i've worked with guys who have like deep sexual shame. Mm-hmm. And so it comes to a point sometimes when I'm coaching clients that I can't help them when it gets to some of the deeper psychological stuff. And mm-hmm. a lot of the emotions and troubles that come up with guys who are trying to meet women, that stuff comes up. Yeah. Right? So I guess my reason for having you on the podcast, besides the fact that you are my brother, was to talk about what therapy is is like for some of these guys. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's kind of coming from the other end. I'm not having a client on saying what's therapy like, but what what, talking about the types of guys that you work with and what do they say to you when they come in and they're talking about issues with dating, issues with women, issues with relationships, Mm -hmm. and to rewind a little bit. So I tell guys that it's a good compliment to the coaching that I do because that kind of handles a lot of their deeper stuff And then we can work on some of the more practical coaching stuff. Mm -hmm. And like I said, that stuff comes up. So that's where I'm having you here to to talk about that. So I guess my first question is, is how often does dating or girls or girlfriends or wives come up when you're working with your male clients? Mm -hmm. Oh, all
1: the time. I really would say that relationships are central to you know what comes up in therapy and it's pretty much what I even say to people about what we're oftentimes talking about in therapy is relationships because relationships are at the center of who we are. So, you know, if a person is single or if they're in a relationship already married or dating relationships are key. So, so dating comes up all the time. Um, Yeah. Yeah. With, with my clients or patients, men and women.
0: Okay. Do you find that women talk more about relationships than men do, or would you say it's equal with the clients that you work with?
1: Hmm. I think it's equal. I think we're always talking about relationships. I think that relationships are actually at the center of any of our emotional pain. And in a way, even what you could look at it is even if it's whether it's your relationship with others or even your relationship just with yourself.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah. Freud always said that it's love and work. Are the two domains of life. And so love is a relationship with you and others, but work is a relationship really with you and yourself.
0: Interesting. When you yeah. say work, what do you mean like your career? Uh,
1: like occupation.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah.
1: So a lot of times I'm talking sometimes with guys about, you know, maybe not necessarily about their relationship with another person, but like getting themselves going with finding their career or problems they're having in their career, procrastination, you know, things like that. Yeah. That's a relationship with themselves.
0: Right. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Right. Okay. So, so now that I think about this. It's all relationships. It's all relationships. Yes. And it usually boils down to relationship with self, relationship to others. Yes. And then the topics that come about with that are like career, Mm -hmm. dating, Friends? Mm-hmm. Do you get guys who come in, or or even mm-hmm. women come in, and talk about their relationship with their friends, or having trouble with their friends, things like that? Sure.
1: Yeah. From time to time. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Okay.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, when guys and family, of course. When guys and fa- are family, especially. Oh, and family. Duh. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Family too. Okay. So, when guys come in mm-hmm. and and they're talking to you about, and this is a pretty. Broad question, but sure. I'm curious what you'll say when they're talking about dating in general. What comes up? What have you What have uh, you seen come up? Mm, let's talk. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's, let's talk. Single men, because on this podcast, right, the guys who listen man. to this are single men, right? So I'm just curious, what are they asking? I know the questions are asking me, right? But what are they asking you? What are they talking about to you when a single guy comes in and wants to talk about dating? Mm. Also, I should I should preface: mm-hmm. Are you allowed to talk about this right no? now? What's the confidentiality agreement?
1: So yeah, so I can't talk about any... Well, the confidentiality agreement that I have with my patients is that I can't disclose anything about them to anybody else. So I can't disclose their identity. And so that generally means talking about specifics is sort of off the table as well. But I could theoretically like construct Mm -hmm. a story from different pieces of different people you know, so that you would never be able to know that right. this is somebody or other. So if I, if I ever veer into talking about an example for you listeners out there, just know that I'm not actually talking about one person, but I would maybe be combining some people. Okay, got so it. So that this is not an actual person out there for you to ever possibly identify.
0: Okay. So with that being said, what are some of the things that they, well, they yeah, talk so with about? That being said
1: that, I mean, really, I could even start with the most general
0: thing, which is anxiety. Okay. You know? Is that the most common thing? Or uh, that's the first thing that came to your head?
1: No, I think that's the most common thing. But if we're talking about dating and we're talking about guys having some worry, you know, worry about how it's going to go, worry about how they're going to be perceived, worry about how they're going to perform, what they're going to say,
0: if they'll be attractive. Okay, they you bring know. those things up to you. I'd so. What do you, what do you say to them normally? I mean, I know it's, hmm. it's specific. Yeah. But to each patient. Well, so what... Or what do you help them uncover? when they bring something like anxiety up?
1: Well, so what I want to do the way that I work is I, I mean, there's sort of like two levels on which, you know, I think we can address problems in therapy. I would say like they say the more surface level would be to talk about, you know, what's happening now in this situation. And I think that in a way that's what you do, right? When you are working with the guys, you are giving them strategies, you're giving them tips, you're helping them to, Um, learn something. It's very sort of Mm skills-based, right? So sometimes I might veer into that sort of skills-based territory with people and talk about sort of practical things. But oftentimes that's not what I'm most geared towards. That's what maybe I would say somebody should go to you for or watch your videos. And In fact, I have actually pointed some people in your direction. I
0: appreciate that. that. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But for me, what I want to do is I want to get to the root of it. So, you know, if somebody is having a concern about you know, what's happening in their relationships or worry about with what, what they're doing vis-a-vis another person, I'm going to want to try to understand why that is the case. And so we're going to try to go back probably into their history and try to understand what their social relationships have been like before this and what their story is and sort of put a narrative around it. So to answer your question it directly is kind of hard because it's sort of like it depends, you know, but generally what I'm doing is trying to help people understand the context of what their concern is. Or actually, for me, I'm trying to understand myself what the context of their concern is. So a lot of what we're doing is very sort of discovering who they are and what their story is and putting that together, together.
0: Have there ever been any breakout epiphany moments where a patients had an epiphany where you've uncovered something about anxiety related to women and something struck a chord with him?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sure of it. I'm, it's hard for me to think of an example right now, but absolutely.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, like what happens in that moment? What is it that they discovered that ha- that made them have that epiphany?
1: Hmm. I think oftentimes what something that might lead to an epiphany would be like where we, where we start to understand that there's a pattern. So if we start to say,
0: oh, okay.
1: this is how this is going now. Has this ever happened before? In other contexts. Okay. So I start to say, oh, this is how you tend to relate with other people. Oh, is this familiar to other stories in your history? Whether that's even in the most recent years to through, say, teenage years or even just like relationships with your own parents or siblings.
0: Okay. Got it. And yeah. then you see, and then they see that coming through in their. Current situation mm-hmm. or maybe current relationship.
1: Exactly. So so and maybe an example of that could be also like maybe what they're expecting from somebody else. Like if they're expecting a girl to treat them a certain way. Well, why are they expecting that? You know, maybe that's because they were treated a certain way in the past like that. And maybe that has been repeated over and over. So they sort of have got this idea that this is how people are going to respond to me. This is what's going to happen. And ultimately actually what we do want to do is not just through understanding that, but understanding that, empathizing with that, and then getting people to a point where they start having hopefully new experiences and they go out there, which is the sort of here and now stuff, the stuff that you're always working with. Yeah. Which is like getting them to have a new experience with people that contradicts those old assumptions about how people are going to think of them or treat them and realize, Oh, wait a second, somebody, you know, this person isn't going to, you know, yell at me when I say this, or this person isn't gonna laugh at me for, oh, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe this relationship's gonna go differently this time.
0: Got it. Yeah. It's kind of, this is like striking a, a chord here when I'm thinking about the nice guy syndrome. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of nice guy syndrome? Sure. Yeah. When it comes to nice guy syndrome, I feel like I kind of got that when you said that there, that kind of connected with me, right? So that's what, what struck a chord. It's like, like imagine a guy having an experience with a woman where he is like, oh, wait, if I do something that where I say something or I want to do something or I want something my way, or I want to insert my opinion here. And he does that as a kind of a, in a different way, because he's always been nice guy, kind of worried about what she's going to think. Mm. And he might be like, oh, wow, okay, so I tried this out. And now I realized it's okay to assert myself. It's okay to speak up on something that I believe in or opinion and not try to be a chameleon when I'm with others. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know, that's just what hit me when you said that. Have yeah. you worked with guys who've ever said that they feel like a nice guy or you've discovered something like that? Or they, have they ever said those words to you? Because that's a mm-hmm. really common issue that I see with guys who work with me Mm-hmm. Or guys who listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. they say that they think they're too much of a nice guy. So that allows them to get, in a in a way, taken advantage of or mm-hmm. they think they're getting taken advantage of mm-hmm. or just not getting them anywhere because they feel they're putting women on a pedestal or doing so much for them, they don't get anything back and it turns into anger. Has any of that ever come up? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, and sometimes when it does, you know, what I'm having to kind of hold inside for myself is like the, that sort of cringy feeling that I might have seeing that. I'm like, oh no.
0: Like, why are you is, doing that, bro? Yeah. But,
1: <laughs> but, but I mean, but you know, the advantage that you kind of have in your position is you could just be right, come right out and say that and be like, stop that, please. You why, know? why
0: can I do that? And you can't do well, that.
1: Well, the reason why I can't do well, I mean, I could do that,
0: <laughs> but I, yeah, why well, don't you?
1: Yeah, I choose not to because. The therapeutic relationship is, is I think, it's like a little bit more delicate than that. And so I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not. Well, I guess that's the difference between a coach and a therapist. You know, a, you know, a coach can give, you know, sort of that straight talk, tough love stuff. And there are times when that fits with what I do. But especially in the beginning, I'm a lot, I'm a lot more delicate with our relationship. So I might want to like ask more questions or explore things around. Like I want to try to bring them to. The cringiness on their own, without calling it out, but maybe kind of asking certain questions that that maybe lead them there.
0: Yeah. Well, I yeah. feel like it's more if they come to that conclusion on their own. It's better. it's more powerful. Exactly. Why is that? Why is it more powerful that way? Because that's they have to know it. Yeah, they have. Yeah, right, right. They have to. Uh, they have to. That's a like their way of yourself. really understanding it. Yes. Not just someone being like. This is what's going on. This I is mean, who you are.
1: People lots of the times know <laughs> that, like, people, you know, people have something in their life that says, you know, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And they, they know, but if they don't feel it themselves, then they're not gonna
0: do anything about it. Right. So that's one of the big benefits of, of therapy, is being able to have these long discussions with mm-hmm. a therapist, uncover these things, understand mm-hmm. them. I, I've been to therapy myself, so I've had plenty of moments of, Oh wow, you know, like Mm -hmm. an epiphany where it just occurred because the therapist was just asking me questions, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh wow, okay." There's that thing about me or how I feel about whatever, and it and it comes up and
1: yeah, yeah. And I think that the style like that I bring to therapy is just being very very curious and trying to help them to sort of get that curiosity as well for themselves, about themselves. If they haven't really interacted with somebody in that way before, that could be pretty powerful. If someone just like really wants to know and understand who they are and what's going on, and maybe they haven't themselves yet had an opportunity to reflect on their own self that way Mm -hmm. until they're with another person who is kind of helping them do that reflection.
0: Right. Yeah. Because how many people, I mean, in, in anyone's life, do you have someone just sitting back and asking you questions?
1: Well, yeah. And we don't, and we're not really so a- able to ask ourselves those questions that easily. So we kind of do need somebody. What else would be a ask. question? Anything. I mean, just asking, even how come? Just <laughs> asking why.
0: Well, like based off of like what? Like an example. Okay. Well, I think we have to try to think of an example. Hmm. Mm.
1: I think we have to get a little bit more specific. What, but give me a scenario.
0: Um. Okay. Scenario would be, Guys, I mean, guys talking to you, and says, you know, I feel really anxious when I talk to women. Mm-hmm. What, what would you? How would you reply to that?
1: Uh, so, so one thing I to ask them is, how, how do you know that you're anxious? What are you feeling? What are you feeling in your body? Cool. Or what do you mean by anxious? Okay, cool. You no, know, not, not, not that I'm questioning them. Like, maybe that's not anxious. No, no, I, I'm i I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to like uncover what their what they're think what they're feeling and thinking. When they say that, unpeeling Peel,
0: uh, yeah. the onion,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, it's yes. So, okay, let's let's role play for just a second. So you would say, okay, okay like, what are you feeling? So I would say, yeah, and,
1: and when and when does it come up? I would actually ask them to give me an example. Okay, yeah, tell me a story when you felt this way.
0: Okay, so it comes up when there's this girl who she's in my friend's circle, and I really want to talk to her, mm-hmm. but I just don't really know you know, what to do. And I just feel like my, I'm in my stomach's butterflies. My palms get sweaty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just feel really nervous.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's those those,
0: the physical sensations
1: that are happening to you. Your palms are sweaty. Your stomach is in knots. So you're like physically really kind of worked up at that moment. Yes. Okay. So it's pretty hard probably to feel comfortable. Even just physically in your own body when that's happening. Yes. Okay. So was so probably hard even to is it hard to think straight as well at a time like that
0: or yeah yeah I, I feel like I my brain turns into mush and I just don't really know what to do but yeah I really want to talk to her I really yeah. want to say something and I really think she likes me I, I I'm almost certain she does she seems to smile a lot when we talk and we mm-hmm. when we we do talk, you know, it seems to go really well. But mm-hmm. you know, whenever I'm like around her, I, I want to talk to her more, but I just get so nervous that like I barely yeah. can blurt anything out until yeah. s- somehow it just has to automatically happen. It's just really what, hard for me.
1: What do you think is making you feel nervous at those times?
0: It's hard to answer questions when <laughs> that you don't know <laughs> that's not your situation. Yeah, yeah, but, I thought you're acting. I know yeah, I
1: was. <laughs> but that I might yeah, I might ask, well, so what's what's coming up for you in those moments? What right. what what makes you nervous? So we might end up finding out in that scenario that he wants her to like. He wants her to like him. And he's worried that she won't. Or maybe he's worried that he's going to say something stupid and he's going to embarrass himself. Or maybe he's worried that... So if he says that, I might then try to talk to him more about that. Okay, you're worried about embarrassing yourself. Has that happened before? And what situations has that happened? And when that happened, what did you feel?
0: Oh, man, I'm going to steal that. That's a good question. (laughs) No, because guys... I'll say that one of the hardest approaches for guys to do, yeah, is the group approach mm-hmm. or an approach of other people are around, mm-hmm. which is most types of approaches. When I say approaches, like a you know a guy out wherever who wants to meet a girl, so offline, right? And he sees a girl, and she's either with her friends or there's people around. They're in a grocery store, so there's people right by. Guys ask me all the time, "How do I do that? Like, I how do I do that approach? I feel so nervous." And then we uncover. It's the same thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's embarrassment. But I've never asked that question before. Of like, have you ever felt embarrassed before? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it would be interesting to hear that because I know some guys will say yes. Right. Some guys will say no. Mm-hmm. But they fear that moment of embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Embarrassment. Mm-hmm. What do you think that emotion is like let's deconstruct embarrassment because this sure. is something that's really really big for guys yeah. for everything for talk for dates for approaching women yeah uh never online because well they, there you go there's something there right
1: mm.
0: how many times the guys, guys really fear texting a girl or messaging her online oh they might so, i would think that they would rarely okay it's rarely well maybe they should it's easier because guys around really stupid stuff well <laughs> when they're texting well right well maybe after the fact yeah yeah sure yeah. right but no but w- what yeah. what do you think embarrassment is
1: uh embarrassment i think in those situations or in general is about well feeling like a fool or feeling like they are going to be shamed you know fear be, fear of judgment yeah judgment judgment but judgment as of course as bad or Judgment is bad. Yeah, bad or not worthy or fear of rejection. Essentially it's, it's being rejected. And well, that's a normal, right? People don't want to be rejected. To feel rejected is a very bad feeling, very uncomfortable feeling. And so like in therapy, if we're trying to take a look deeper into that, we might want to try to see, well, when have they ever felt rejected before? Fear of rejection in those situations is, being rejected for like who they are, right? I mean, we want to be accepted for who we are, right? And if somebody that we like takes a look at us and says, oh, you're, you're garbage or says something that makes us feel like we're garbage, then, you know, that, that's going to feel pretty terrible. Right. And it's more likely that a person might have that way of thinking. If they've had some experiences when they were younger, where they felt, Not accepted for who they were or were rejected, you know, perhaps in their family by a parent.
0: I wonder if this is like a nature or nurture thing. It's
1: more nurture.
0: What about the idea of nature being that we're, you know, mammals who live in groups of people and we need to feel connected to other humans. So it's, you know, evolutionary psychology stuff. Like it's harder to survive on your own. So feeling rejected means potential death because you yeah. need, you know, you need other people around and all yeah. that stuff. That yeah. would be like the in nature that, part. In that sense. Absolutely. Yeah. That's
1: part of being human. The need to be a part of something, the, the need for acceptance. Yes. That is part of our nature. That, that ex- absolutely is, is the case. When I was, when I answered quickly nurture, I was, I was thinking that when there's a problem, like, you know, where somebody is overly concerned with being rejected. That's probably because of situations that happened in their life okay. that make them extra sensitive to that. But okay. on a very basic level, absolutely. Nature. We love. Yeah. 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 And we need to be, and yes, we need to be a part of a group. Yeah. We want to connect, want to connect with others.
0: So because I'm not a therapist and I don't talk about some of their, some of the nurture stuff like their past and what they've gone through and why maybe some of the things they've gone through in the past is, coming out now today with things of feeling embarrassed or whatever it may be. I take them through a process where I I, I kind of speak a little to the nature side of it to say, hey, listen, if you get rejected or you go up and talk to a girl and you know, she just doesn't want to talk to you or choose you away or whatever it is, you're not going to die. Mm-hmm. Like I try to convey that to them. Yeah. And put that in their head of like, this is wiring inside of your brain that's trying to protect you, but you don't need to be protected. Yeah. And then going off into different tangents there of of why that may be.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's true because that's probably kind of what they might be feeling on a deep level is, is like, is this going to kill me? I mean, even in an emotional sense, is this going to kill me? Yeah. Right? And into in the body, that's all kind of the same thing. Right, the body is feeling a threat. That's why I talk about, like, oh, what did you feel? You felt nervous in your stomach, or you felt tense, or you were sweating. Well, that's your body thinking there is danger here. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So your body is reacting to
0: a major threat because of this emotional situation. Emotions are so powerful. <clears throat> yes, they beat logic most of the time. Meaning, mm-hmm. you got to really try hard <laughs> to be logical in the situations where emotion happens much quicker. Talk about that for a second.
1: Yeah. Well, because your body, your system is going to react in a more automatic way before your kind of brain, thinking brain can catch up to it. Yeah. That's the simplest way to say it.
0: Got it. Yeah. It's like emotions are they're are, they're are, harder or water- faster than the speed of logic well, like. Right. Well, light is faster than sound.
1: Yeah, and in, in a biological sense one of the reasons why that is true is because uh, our emotional system in our brain is in a deeper structure of our brain, which evolutionarily was there before. So we you think like, even just out in nature, when you see animals, like they are sensing danger all the time, right? And so, because that's that's how they stay alive. And so, you know, you got, so we have a system like other animals that needs to keep us, you know, safe. But our thinking brain, that's in our prefrontal cortex, that's in the front of our our brain, that evolved later. Um, oh, there you, know, you go. And so like the idea of consciousness, the idea of the fact that we have language and that you can think, the things that make humans so different from any other animal are those parts of our prefrontal cortex that came
0: later. So um, you're um, saying evolution. the logic, the more logical part of, yeah, of the, your thinking. Yeah,
1: the thinking brain um, is is slower to react than the
0: emotional center safety parts of your brain. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that makes sense. So how do we... It's your fight or flight system. You've heard of that? Right, of course. Yeah. 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 Fight,
1: flight, or play dead.
0: Well, Oh, what's
1: that one? Yeah, so sometimes people forget about that one.
0: I don't so, even know that one. I know fight or flight. Talk about it. So, what's that? Yeah, so, what's
1: that? so, and sometimes if you even look at like animal nature videos, some animals, when they're in a danger situation, they could also play dead, which is like, like, they, like they freeze because another animal is not going to necessarily, unless there's certain kinds of like vultures or whatever, they don't want to do anything with like a carcass. It might be like, they, like it might be disease to them or something. Or it's just dead. It's not a threat. Or it's not a threat to them, exactly. Right. So, so if you're playing dead, then you might have a chance of survival. But to play dead is also what happens. So the fight or flight, we talk about that system being enacted, which is like, you have all these surges of hormones happening. And that's that's what's making all these bodily things happen to where you're maybe sweaty or tight stomach or tense, all that stuff. Well, the play dead one is also, it's just the opposite part of your nervous system, which is actually slowing everything down. Like, have you ever been anxious about something? And instead of being like really tense, you actually suddenly felt really tired and like wanted to take a nap?
0: Uh, you're, yes. You're like,
1: oh, I'm supposed to do something right now. Oh man, I think I'm just actually just really hungry. Or like, maybe I'm just, oh, I'm tired. Like you got eight hours of sleep last night. You were fine, you know? <laughs> but, like, yeah. but like you're tired. Well,
0: I never even thought about it. I have to, like think have I ever mm-hmm. felt that I think I have. Yeah,
1: that can also be a response, your body's response to something anxious. You, your your body is actually reacting in a way that's slowing systems down
0: and making you feel tired. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, I don't know if this is exactly related to this, but I'm thinking I think before it, this
1: podcast, remember, I needed a cup of coffee.
0: That's <laughs> like true. Like, so you were playing dead.
1: Yeah. Maybe I was playing Maybe dead. you were playing dead. I also yeah. was just
0: eating some lunch before that. But. And that does slow you down a yeah. little bit.
1: But no, maybe it was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I'm a little tired. Well, oh, it's quite possible that that was just me being a little bit nervous.
0: But then you had coffee and, and thought through
1: it. And here we are.
0: And here we are. Yeah. It reminds me of when I used to go out and you know, learn how to approach women. Mm -hmm. And there were, I I don't think this is related, but I'll tell this story anyways. There was some times where I'd go out and I would feel uh, really tired. Now that could have been easily from, it's a late night. But it's funny is when I felt tired, Mm -hmm. and this is also not drinking alcohol. This is like just, it's, you know, 11, 12 at night, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. That's actually when I felt less anxious. So I actually don't think this is related, Mm -hmm. but I thought it was interesting. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of that. And it's funny is because when I started to get tired, when I'd go out, I didn't feel as nervous anymore because I'd, I'd cared less.
1: Oh, sure. I mean, actually, that, that, that makes some sense to me too, because if you're just really tired, so you're just your system is
0: relaxed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So back to fight, flight, dead. This reminds me of the idea of mind over matter, right? Where it's like, okay, you're in a moment where you're really nervous to go up to a woman and speak words to her. And so you're in a fight or flight mode where you're feeling the physiological response. Your heartbeat is racing. Your palms are getting sweaty. Your mind is going a million miles per hour. I try to get guys in the mind over matter mindset Mm -hmm. to get to the logical place to remind themselves that you're not going to die embarrassment and emotions are temporary. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, you know, anything I can say, you're going to be happier mm-hmm. that you ended up doing the approach. Like trying to think in all the logical ways possible in the moment. So I try to train guys to access that part of their brain to listen to the logical side, even though there is the emotions flooding through your brain. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And and I could see how that, that would be helpful.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, okay, got- so,
1: so, you know, some so further thoughts on that. Would I guess be my point is,
0: yeah. I'm the coach or the therapist. Yeah. Does any of this come it, up in therapy? Does any of this? You know what comes up sometimes
1: is, is I like to talk sometimes about the, and you guys can Google this one if you like. You know what, you might like this one too, Trip. is this thing called the Yerkes-Dodson Law. It's like, it's this law that talks about the reciprocal relationship between arousal and performance. So think of, and yeah, go ahead and look at it up on your phone, but think of, if you will, like a curve, like a bell curve, and you've got the x-axis and the y-axis. So as stress goes up, or as arousal, as we call it, goes up at first, right, as you're going, going up the curve, then so does the performance. So you need to you need to have a certain level of arousal to perform well. And so the sweet spot is at the top of that curve where you've got just the right amount of arousal to where you're able to perform and be present and able to do the job. But at a certain point, the arousal is too high. So that's like where I say the stress is too high where there's too much anxiety, right? And then at that point, the performance is going to go down because you're just too activated to be able to be there.
0: When you say arousal, I, I yeah. keep thinking of sex. So what yeah. do you mean in I'm this talking, in this context? I'm, I'm what, what's like, I'm
1: talking about your 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 body. I mean, the truth is, you could take this example into sex if you want to, but I just mean your body's stress level state of of being act, of like feeling activated and up.
0: Right. Of feeling the yeah. blood of emotions,
1: yeah, yeah, or or energy in general. Or so energy, I mean, okay. another a, a way of uh, of thinking about this could be: say you are about to you're playing a sport, okay? So you're at bat, and you're up, you're at the plate, and you gotta you have to be able to focus just enough to hit that ball, and then you know, run to first base. So if your arousal level is too low, if you're tired, if you're sleepy, or if you're just like you're just not activated enough, you're not going to be able to do the job to pay enough attention to hit that ball. Right? If you're way too, let's say you drank 10 Red Bulls before, because you were like, okay, I need to be up and ready. Well, now you've just overdone it and you're going to mess up because you you're at too much of an arousal state. Yeah. But if you're right at just
0: that sweet spot, that's the best place for being able to to perform whatever you're trying to perform. perform. Exactly. So let's talk about like approaching a woman. Right.
1: So you want to be just in that right in that right state of like. Uh, but the other thing is you want to be aroused enough. Again, so you 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 might want to be a little bit nervous. Maybe you want to be a little bit ready. I mean, not overly so, but you need to be like
0: enough to give you the motivation.
1: Yes, yes, to care, to be invested, right? To, to have, even
0: want to get up and do it.
1: Yeah, to be able to respond yeah. to to what to the situation. Yeah,
0: I think the guy, the issue with the guys are they're overly aroused. Right. Right. It's to, to the, the point they, they where gotta it's bring it too down. much right? So they, that gotta, they cannot think straight. Right. So they got to
1: they gotta be able to dial it back enough. They got to be able to
0: relax. That's enough. why I tell guys, I say, you might not want to drink coffee or a Red Bull before going out and doing it. Right. Because sometimes, That's depending true. on the person, but sometimes it can hurt a- the performance. Maybe it, 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 it gives you more anxiety. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Interesting. But then alcohol, let's talk about that for a second. Well, so Alcohol reason, lets yeah. people just go loose, right? So well, much easier for people to approach a woman when they're when yeah. intoxicated,
1: right? Right. Well, because it it makes you more relaxed,
0: makes you more relaxed. I, I mean, it brings it brings you down to the uh, it, brings your arousal state down.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah. It, right? it numbs you enough. It numbs you. It numbs you enough. It's an anesthetic. Yeah. It numbs you enough to where I mean, people actually tend to feel like energized at a certain level of intoxication. But really, that energy is coming from, from the numb, like the,
0: you feel um, more numb, which allows you to be more carefree. Exactly. Exactly. It's just so crazy. It's like boggles my mind. Like, you go care less. You just care less. You just drink this thing, and you lose. You just care less. Yeah, it's loose. It's it's amazing. Okay, so where then if you drink too much, you're too loose. Well, now, you're. To where well, you're too loose, but you're well, you're just intoxicated. Yeah. You don't even know what's going on anymore. Right. if You're, you're not, if you're, you're not if you're, in control. If you're overdoing you're it, you're not in control. I mean, I still had a really bad approach to anxiety, even when I would drink. It wouldn't even help me as much. But so, wow. So, fight, flight, play dead. Yeah, this is interesting stuff. Let's talk about when guys, let, let's switch the topic a little bit. Okay. So, when guys come <gasps> to you for, relationship help is there any common threads themes topics that guys come to you when they're in a relationship sometimes it could be sexual performance yep okay i hear that a lot yeah Um, how do you help with that
1: i try to and i don't really specialize in it so sometimes i talk about maybe you should see a specialist but usually they don't want to do that. <laughs> so well, I,
0: well, like a special, who would be a specialist? Uh, so
1: somebody because there are special kinds of therapy that like help with like erectile dysfunction, and not just medication therapy, but like just being, they might just be in a, they might in a more systematic way help you to do the thing that I'm in a more general way trying to teach people, which is that they need to find a way to be more relaxed in that situation, but relaxed to where they're in their body and not in their head, because that's mm-hmm. the issue, is that. Is that people get in a situation where they're they're not in the moment. So now to talk about like real arousal, or the sexual arousal rather. So you, right? That's a function of what's happening in the moment of your sexual attraction with this person. So imagine you start thinking about, you know, you're nervous about something. You're nervous about how it's going to go, or you start be thinking about work, or, or your mind just starts going wild for whatever reason. Then you're not in your body, and then you're going to lose your erection, right? So what I might try to help guys to do is to try to figure out the best way for them to stay in the sensations of their body. So they might need to slow things down or they might need to just be more aware of what happens when their mind goes you know, elsewhere or what point sometimes it's like somebody, they're doing fine in the beginning part in the foreplay and oh, now it's about time to put on the condom or about time for intercourse. And that's when they start to lose it right away you know mm-hmm. it's because because that's when for whatever reason for example you know in that situation they're worried about how it's going to go okay so once we've identified that that's the points so they could be more prepared for that moment to not start thinking about all this stuff stop yourself from that and try to be as much in your body as you need to
0: be i heard a tip from a uh, from a sex <clears throat> coach once which was when you're starting to get to the point where you feel like okay you're almost there you're about to ejaculate like you're getting over the edge so what's happening in your body that you're not realizing is your whole body is tensed up so all your muscles are tense so in that moment or if you start to before the moment i should say when you when you're starting to get there like oh boy wait a minute this is about to end soon you just focus on your body and and release all the tension Mm. In your body, mm. and that seems to also help. That's mm. one of the best tips that that I've ever heard in terms of something like practical of what one can do in that moment. I don't know if it's sure something that hap- that works every time. But, was a good tip, but something to test out. Yep. What, so, what else the guys bring up to you in terms of relationships? So you mm-hmm. said uh, like erectile dysfunction. Yeah, what else besides that?
1: Well, I mean, a lot of times it's just in getting along. Okay, and getting along with their partner, you know, and like coming, they're
0: talking about they're getting a lot of fights. Yeah, exactly, getting fights.
1: You know, I mean, just problems within the relationship Mm. itself. I mean, well, you know, you got the sort of classic example of like the girlfriend who or wife who is nagging you and saying, "Well, why don't you do this more?" or "I want you to do that more," and then the person thinking, "Well, they just want the person to let them do what they
0: want." or to also pay attention to their needs. Got it. Like a yeah. battle of the needs. Mm. And then it turns into nagging, which turns mm-hmm. into fighting. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done couples therapy? Mm-mm. Do you need to have a certain license or degree no, to do like, Could you do couples therapy?
1: I wouldn't want to unless I, it's good to have some training and specialization. But you just technically
0: therapy. could if you wanted to start tomorrow. You I could
1: technically could, do it. could, but I don't think it would be very ethical of me because I, I don't, I don't do it. it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like you want to take some classes on it or... uh, I would
1: want... I would want to do my own education and then also be maybe supervised by somebody who I... So have someone who I could talk to about doing the couple's work. So I'd want to like put the time into it, into developing it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But I don't think that's really
0: my thing right now. Okay. Let me ask you this. Why do you think... That guy should go into therapy. Sell therapy right now.
1: I think it's important to know who you are. And I think it helps to know who you are and to have that sorted out. Well, the other thing actually I would say is I don't <laughs> I don't know if I would just sell therapy. Why do you think it's important? Well, I think that knowing yourself is important, I guess to go back to that. And It's important. It it, it starts with having a problem in the first place. I don't think that everybody
0: needs therapy or should be in therapy. Oh, interesting. Because I think that they should. I think that they could. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying everyone wants to, but I have this feeling that it should be encouraged that everyone should go to therapy, even if they don't feel like they should, because you never know what's going to come out. Yeah. Almost like exercise for the brain. You know, like everyone should, if we're shooting right now. Yeah. Everyone should get 30 minutes of exercise per day or whatever the what what they say you know that you should be doing in terms of physical activity what about yeah. for the brain someone you to know, talk think, to think, we think, all have issues and problems no one's living you, a perfect life
1: no no one's living a perfect life but some people i mean because of what i do it does seem like everybody needs help because that's who i'm encountering but there's so many people out there in the world who are doing just fine and they're okay, you know, <laughs> and and maybe you. It's fun, and, funny, it, says same it with, with you as too. A therapist,
0: yeah, yeah. When you could be like thinking because you talk to you right. know, eight patients a day about problems and issues, and
1: yeah, I mean, I, I I think that I think that it's important for people to uh to know how to resolve conflicts and like to education, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I just say that you know, everybody has to or should be in therapy. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think I think I think I think if there's a problem, then yes. But I don't want to assume that there's a problem before I know what there is and before I know who who we're talking about.
0: Do you think someone can go to therapy? Like imagine a person who's really going along with life and is all all as well. Mm -hmm. When then they go to therapy and they start to uncover things and realize and it it made things worse. Is that possible? Uh,
1: Well, in a well, yes and no. I think. I'll
0: try this therapy thing out. Even though I don't think I don't need it, go to therapist and all of a sudden the demons come out when they Uh, didn't need to or well, you know what? Yes and no. So I think, I
1: think that sometimes people are in therapy and they aren't actually sure why they're there and you know what they need, but then they, yes, they kind of find out like, Oh wow, there's a lot. And so sometimes people do sort of quote get worse before, before they get better because things come out that they haven't been dealing with. And then that becomes something that's difficult. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, ultimately, the idea is that therapy will
0: help you to come out on the other end of that. Cool, yeah. awesome. Well, this is fun. Yeah, Good. I liked it. At the last time I interviewed you, do you remember?
1: Yeah, it
0: was a few years ago. It's a few years ago. I don't remember what it was about. I do. It was for you were you're in my Fearless Formula program. Oh, yes. Cool. So you are one of the modules in my Fearless Formula program that talks about self-esteem anxiety yeah. and fear of rejection and confidence and all that stuff. And so you're one of the modules where we talk about therapy and social anxiety and clinical social anxiety and some of those things. Mm, that's right. So
1: so I remember talking about social anxiety, which yeah. is really a lot of what we we're talking about today.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the that's big... That's what this is. That's what this is. That's yeah. one of the big things. It's not... I don't really get a lot of guys who come to me saying that they're depressed. It's usually guys who right. are depression... Right, sometimes I feel can cause a lack of motivation. Yes, generally. Yes, where the guys who listen to this podcast or watch the YouTube channel, right, they don't have a lack of motivation well, because
1: because depression is linked to hopelessness.
0: So if people are feeling hopeless, then, then why would they even try to seek then help? Because they don't think that help is out there. You got it. Yeah, a plus for me. Look yeah. at that. Plus for you. A plus for me. Um, well, Doctor Brandon Goldstar. Dr. Brandon Kramer, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks. Love to have you back. This was fun. Uh, no one can tell here, but uh, we did record in the same room. And that makes me happy because I've yet to do that. Since awesome. I think my days back and dudes talking about chicks. So I actually had, really? as we were doing, that's my, uh, for those it's of you who don't know. It's been that
1: long since you've been in this, done an interview in the same room? Like yeah. I can,
0: No, I guess I did one with another coach once, but it was, kind of a crappy setup is like one mic in the middle of the table we're leaning over where you we each have our own microphone I'm more comfortable and I feel like I'm back in those days of when like okay we'd have a guest come in they have their own mic and their own chair and, and then we're sitting across from each other and and so it I was wonder, just it was I wonder nice. if your
1: listeners would would want us to be on video together maybe we'll take a poll we'll take I, a poll afterwards I
0: bet we'll be... all right we'll do this right now <laughs> DM me trip advice this is how I do sometimes polls and get because I there's I, I complain about this all the time. on yeah. um, There is no social media around podcasting. I'm about to blow your mind right now.
1: Oh, what?
0: This is a billion dollar idea. I've yet to find where there's social media. So, okay, yeah. you go on YouTube, right? Right. YouTube, what do you got there? You got users, you got comments, likes, mm-hmm. right? People are engaging with each other and the video. Mm-hmm. Podcasting, massive just as big as video, even blogs. Blog is the written format. That's the written medium. Mm. You got comments. The same thing. You can like it. You can share it. I mean, you can share podcasts. There, that does not exist mm. with podcasting. Maybe on SoundCloud, potentially, but that's not really a, a popular podcasting app. Everyone listens to podcasts on or like Apple you have You
1: have like like an Instagram, like like I feel like Russell Brand, you know? Yeah, but that's Instagram. And, so he, and then you can see the comments.
0: but yeah, you're saying... But you're not listening to 60-minute podcasts. No, it's clips. It's clips. Yeah. So my point is, is that I would have loved if there was social media and I could be like, hey, comment down below. There's nowhere to comment. Uh I don't even know if people, which episodes people like. I have some download numbers, but I had to hire a third party to even give me those numbers. Who knows how accurate it is. Anyway, so I say this, if you enjoyed this episode and what were we polling again?
1: talking about oh, do you want us to do like a video oh, a video right in the same forgot.
0: room dm me and say would well, that be cool to see you and your you're your doctor brother do you,
1: do you want yeah do you want some more more regular appearances or more regular appearances <laughs>
0: if you got something on this dm me at trip advice thanks for listening therapy maybe it's for you maybe it's not maybe you need to give it a shot i don't know we'll see dr brother kramer thank you very much for coming on thanks for having me